0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Comics Collective, the weekly podcast where we read and discuss a collection of comic books, or a graphic novel, or this week a webtoon. I'm one of your hosts, Alexis.
1: I'm Dallas.
2: And I'm Anne.
1: You see and how we do that when we coordinate?
0: Yeah, we should, so um, we should talk about we that before, more. I
1: didn't like it.
2: I didn't like yeah. it. Yeah. It didn't feel didn't, true to us. didn't feel natural. Didn't you know? Too didn't formal. Gross. <laughs> wants to think we put thought into this that's that's yeah. our charm is we just no thoughts in our heads. Listen, head empty matt draper
1: helped us establish last week that we've really gone downhill <laughs>
0: true mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but
2: god bless
0: you know how does everybody feel it how how does it feel to know that i pick the best comic books that was
2: good. Honestly, it takes all the all the weight off my shoulders. I can keep picking a- and Legion can have of some Superheroes PTO. books, and
0: <laughs> there we go. Your PTO is I good. I'll take over.
2: Want
1: to read the Great Darkness saga so bad, and it's you so just good. You keep being like, "It's so
2: good." Anyway, you want to read this random ass? I only Wade did run? it once. I listen. It was a it was an experiment, and it failed. We all know this now. <laughs>
1: Um, All right, now, Everyone, real quick, what was the book that you were most disappointed in yourself for bringing to the show?
2: <laughs> it's got to be that. That's the that's mine. <laughs> How about you, Lex?
0: Oh, that's a good question. What's that stupid j- comic that got made into a Netflix TV show? Um, lock, and key? lock and Key. Lock and Key. That's my hmm, penance for the rest of my life.
1: <laughs> nice. I have never brought anything but heat to this podcast anyway moving Mm. on oh my god
0: (laughs) i I feel feel like i've brought
2: something you hated but i've always liked them (laughs) i will stand by it that's true you you really are that that possum meme don't touch my garbage (laughs) don't touch my garbage
1: (laughs) alexis what which one did you say i said from hill I knew you would.
2: It's literally a masterpiece. It's- <laughs>
0: Traumatized, traumatizing.
2: It, was it the just reading it in a week? Was that the traumatizing part, or was it everything? Or was it, it all the stuff was about women? So
0: girthy. It had no business being that thick.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, no more girthy comics on the podcast. Mm. We have a girth limit.
0: And then I suggest that I we lunch. read over two hundred webtoon comics. Hey, you I, I made episodes? it.
2: You? I would have made it. I had I didn't. to. I had to read I all didn't. through my Saturday Twilight binge. Um, Lexi, we had yeah. a, a Twilight drinking game binge on Saturday. It was so fun. I wasn't
0: invited. As I live several states away. <laughs> was,
2: if you lived a little bit closer, maybe like Arkansas or something, I would have. I would have shot you in, an invite. But... Kansas. Speaking no, of start.
0: things Arkansas. that have.
1: Speaking of things that have no business being as thick as they are, let's talk about Lord Olympus <laughs> and Persephone.
0: The Queen herself. Just love her.
1: That's a Lexiism. That's one of my favorite Lexiisms. Saying the Queen herself. It's true. Alexa says in a very specific She goes, the Queen herself. And she's talking mm-hmm. about the most just regular ass woman you've ever heard of.
0: <laughs> you said that in the same breath as saying Persephone. What the hell?
1: Introduce the book, Lex. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, everybody, if you haven't picked up from our ramblings yet, or even the title of the episode, we have disca- We have decided to cover the one, the only, Lore Olympus by Rachel Smythe on Webtoon. And I'm so excited. I have been sitting on this for years, deciding whether or not to, you know, put it up on the pedestal to the wolves, that are my two co-hosts. Just kidding. Comics Twitter is what the wolves are. Um, This is my sweet, sweet baby. I love her. I have been reading her from the jump, actually, and I can tell that story in a second. But this, I'm so excited that everybody read it, and I'm excited that everybody liked it, too, according to Dallas's Twitter feed. Um, <laughs> what are everybody's initial thoughts before I give a little synopsis? Tell me how you Tell me how your week went.
2: <laughs> so Laura Olympus is an interesting comic for me because I've known about it for forever. It's it's hard to be in like these spaces and not hear about it. It's the web comic that I've heard about the most. It's definitely the only one I can tell you off the top of my head besides like Wayne Family Adventures. But it was it was one of those where it's like, okay, if I'm going to start somewhere, I'm going to start here. I'm going to see what's up here. And I tried it. I tried Laura Olympus probably about a year, somewhere between two years and a year and a half ago. I tried to read it. And I think I got to chapter two or three before I kind of fizzled out. And looking back, there wasn't really a particular reason why. I just felt like the beginning was, I don't, I'm not sure if it was slow. I just, it just wasn't vibing with me at the time, you know? And I'm like, you know what? I'm just not, I'm not clicking within the moment. Maybe I'll come back to it later. And Lexi, you got me to come back to it later. And I can honestly say that, um, early this week, I'm like, okay, we got 200 chapters to get through. I'm not sure if I can do this. <laughs> but then by Saturday, I'm like, there's only 200 some chapters in this thing. What the fuck are you talking about? I need it all now. I caught this, this story caught fire in my heart. Like I'm reading it. I'm loving it. The art is so, so beautiful, but it is a comic made specifically for me because one of my favorite things in any story is a cast of thoroughly thought out and well-developed characters that all have such unique voices and personalities and bring such liveliness and humor and heart to a story. And this has one of the most vivid casts, both literally and metaphorically that I can think of that I've read or watched or seen all year. It has an ensemble of literally the gods and it's, it, it, it amazed me in every way that I didn't expect because it's just, I, I don't know what I was expecting for my first webtoon. I wasn't sure if I was expecting something that felt more amateurish. I wasn't sure if I was feeling expecting something that felt more juvenile but this book handles a lot of really deep and dark topics that I didn't think it would ever come close to, to touching on. And it does it in a way with, it it does it with such grace that you don't really see in a lot of mainstream comics. I love the way that the story approaches trauma and pain. It's absolutely jaw dropping to me. I had such an amazing time and was so blown away by this book because it wasn't what I was expecting at all. And yeah, it's Lexi, you picked an amazing book this week. This was absolutely wonderful. Thank you.
1: Listen, it's no Scrooge McDuck, but it's pretty damn good. <laughs> That's so true. I'll allow it. Um, I was also blown away by this book. I similarly, my, my, Only exposure to Webtoons so far was reading Wayne Family Adventures, which had a really specific tone that is not for me, but I recognize is for other people. And so my attitude about Webtoons was always, that is very good, but for people with different um, taste than me, is probably the best way to put it, politically. Uh, But... I knew Alexis loved Laura Olympus and I really respect Alexis's tastes and opinions. We've read enough of the same books at this point that I know if she likes it, it's probably good and I will probably like it as well. And something doesn't catch her attention, but then also just catch the world's attention in the way Laura Olympus does without being pretty good. Like of all the webtoons, it's, I've heard of this and Heartstopper. And that's pretty much it. Like, those two I have heard a lot about, and so they're probably pretty good if they've bled outside of this app. But I've always been really impressed with Webtoon's cultural... the ability to be a cultural juggernaut. Like, people talk all the time about how comics are dying, and I have yet to be on a bit of public transportation in New York City when someone wasn't reading a Webtoon. Like, I've never been there without someone on the cart reading a webtoon and so i was really excited to take a deep dive in and i was so impressed i like Anne said i didn't know what to expect on a quality level i feel like i've become a pretty big quality stickler on comics and comics craft i'm like i've read thousands of these at this point so unless something is doing something really specifically interesting i'm not there for it like it's either gotta have like the best story of all time or do something really great from a craft standpoint and laura Olympus did both like the character relationships and the drama and the story pacing and just the emotions be they like sad or excited or horny or like all the things this book wants you to feel I felt right at the right moment all while being blown away by Rachel Smythe's artwork the artwork of this book is stunning I think I prefer her main style to when it gets a little bit more like anime chibi, cartoony To like sell emotions. And we'll talk about that later. Cause I think this does still have a little bit of, and this sounds assholy, but I promise I don't mean it that way. Like a little more of like a juvenile sense of humor than what I see in a lot of like mainstream Western comics. Like it just, I don't know. Like it's such an interesting balance of quality. And I'm very excited to talk about this book cause like it just feels so such a rich place to talk not only about this story and how it was executed versus just crazy plot points that are fun to talk about, but then also like webtoons as a medium of comic book reading. I'm excited to chat about, but that's, that's my initial reaction to Lore Olympus two thumbs up with a very excited to talk about it.
0: Oh, that makes me so happy. I'm so happy. Um, I can give a little brief rundown synopsis of the chunk that we read kind of, and then also as a general, because we initially last week said that we were going to cover the first two seasons, but we did realize about midweek that that was a bit much for the holiday weekend. So we just squished it down to the first season. So that's about 115 episodes, I think. Um, Still a great chunk. I'm proud of you all. Proud of you. But oh, it's just so good. If for those of you who don't know, Lore Olympus is a webtoon comic about the very well-known romance myth of Hades and Persephone, but it has a very fun modern twist on it, where I kind of feel like it definitely has the lens of like a reality TV type goofiness to it, if that makes sense. Like you have this cast of characters that you everybody knows. Everybody knows Hades. Everybody knows Persephone. Everybody knows Zeus. Everybody knows all these different Greek gods from these myths and from history. And to kind of throw them into this larger than life modern world with all of these, all the tech, the phones, like just real, like real modern society, but have it be through the lens of like Mount Olympus is so fun. And then to have it circle around this unpredictable romance between these two main characters who everybody knows their story. You know, it's not, it's something that's been around for thousands of years. Like everybody knows, everybody knows the story of Hades and Persephone, but to have it kind of Reimagined in this romantic, sweet, larger than life rom com, if you will. (laughs) It just has been, it's just so fun and so charming. And with the first season, we get a really good look into a lot of the stakes that are set up for the whole story. Um, it kind of going through it again reminded me that this is surprisingly quite a slow burn of a romance, if you will. There's a lot of different moving parts. And one of my favorite things that Smythe does is she really fleshes out all of her characters really well. She gives them all their own individual um, driving points for their stories, why they are the way they are, where they're at in their life when this happens, and the way that it converges in the end is just so masterfully done. So If you haven't read it, if you haven't gone to Webtoon and swiped through it, I would extremely suggest it. I think as of last time I checked, there's about 250 episodes up. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they're about midway through, maybe finished season three, maybe in season four. I don't know. Can't remember what it said, but they're they're in deep. You've definitely got some content for the holidays. Go for it. It's so fun. You will not tell me that you don't have a character that you just love. If it, mm-hmm. if not, it being the main characters, because they're amazing. So, yeah. go read it.
2: Say, you know, go read it, assuming you're not part of the 1.3 billion people <laughs> that the site has said have already read the story, <laughs> or at least looked at it.
0: Or part of the 6.4 million subscribers.
2: <laughs> that's a, a small number, I think, um, mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things, but um, it's... Definitely more people than are reading Amazing Mary's in Spider-Man right now. I can tell you that for a fact.
0: <laughs> Take that bug boy. <laughs> that was.
2: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Fuck you, Peter.
0: <laughs> oh, just kidding. Peter's fun when he's not in his own mind. <clears throat> Lexi,
2: how did you find this comic?
0: Oh, uh, let me tell you a little story about Lexi in her senior year of high school. It was the eve of March 4th, 2018. And not a mouse was scurrying around my house. But I, for sure, was on Pinterest way past my bedtime. because You I, remember the
2: exact date?
0: It literally... Uh, yeah. It, I found it the day it dropped because she oh posted God. something on Pinterest and was like, first episode out now. And I the art, because it was a pin of like the two of them, um, their beautiful watercolor-esque mm. art that Smythe has grabbed me, grabbed my attention on Pinterest. And I was like, oh my gosh, what is this? Because... I've loved going and looking at like comic art and like fan art and stuff from like the books that I was reading and things. And I remember specifically my senior year, I revisited the um, Percy Jackson series, and so I was like super in deep with like the myth lore. And so when it popped up on my screen, I was like, "Oh my gosh, what is this?" And so I went and looked and read the first episode on Webtoon and. I was obsessed. When I tell you, I was like, oh my gosh, why is this? It was like little crack. I don't even know. It was insane. And I followed it pretty regularly for a, about a year, I think. And then, like, went off and on. Like, I'm not even kidding. I spent money on coins on this app so that I could read the next chapters. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. It was so good. And then I also, um, bought the first volume. I pre-ordered her first volume that came out. And I've had that for about three-ish years, I think, because I got it when I moved into my apartment. So it's been a while. I've followed this for a really long time. And it is so crazy to me to see how big it's gotten because I loved it from the jump. I loved seeing the art. I wish I could like go back and relive that moment of like seeing it for the first time be like, oh my gosh, like I loved the art style of having them both in their very distinct colors. I, I'm i sure we'll really talk about that with everybody and their colors, but um, it just was so beautiful. And to see how crazy it's gotten. I mean, it won two Eisners for the last two years. It's best webcomic of 2022 and 23 for the Eisner Awards. So she popping off. Good for you, Rachel. <laughs> Chrissy.
1: What's crazy, and you are muted, by the way. Um, what's crazy is that this book in physicals is only just now past season one. Like there's so much of this on webtoon that is not out in a physical way yet. That's what blew my mind, because <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe I'll read these the physical ways. That's probably what. The first two books. Nope. It would be all five of them if I wanted to read what we read for this show, which
2: is nuts. Just crazy. And did any, have any of you, Lexi, you've read the physical versions. How do they compare to the the Webtoons version?
0: They definitely are different. Um, mm-hmm. I wish I had my physical one with me, but it's packed into a nice little box in my mom's basement. But um, I don't, I remember thinking like, oh, Like, yeah, I like this a lot and it's beautiful and it does read well, but like I really prefer the webtoon and I don't know if it's just because like it just has this nostalgic happiness in my mind while I was reading it, but I really love webtoon. It's, I love how accessible it is. Like I will die on that hill for the rest of my life. Like Dallas said, people will read it on the train going to wherever the hell they're going. And that is so true. Like I will literally be standing in line wherever and be like, oh, I can read a webtoon episode on my phone. And then I, and then I am, I just love how accessible it is. So I definitely would say, I feel like I prefer the webtoon.
2: Say it's interesting. Cause like I was, I was thinking about it just in terms of experience and like when you're reading a webtoon, it took me a while to get used to it, but after a while you start to get into like a rhythm with it and you start to realize how this reads differently than just a straightforward physical narrative. And it's it's something that I want to like look at more, especially as we come back to this book, because, you know, spoilers, we will be coming back to this book to read season two at some point next year. But it's just, it, it, it reads so well. The beats hit in a really great way. And I feel like a lot of that dead space in between the panels is used to such effect, especially when you have these great emotional, like, um, surrealist abstract moments where you're like using these colors and shapes to show exactly what feelings and emotions the characters are having. And you just feel like you're falling down into those emotions as you're scrolling down the page. It's something you don't get with a lot of other comics. And I just think one of the coolest things this book does is it uses that to its full effect. I think my favorite is whenever there's an um something that's hurting persephone and there's a trauma that she's thinking about and you see the like the musical um stanzas that kind of just get like distorted and jagged just running down the page like a like an um like a river it's just it it gives you space between the moments and lets you feel them and let them sit in it literally is a spacer between emotional beats and i think that's so wonderful I I didn't expect they were going to use the medium like that but it really does it to its full effect you, I've read a few comics where you have to scroll through before and like the Marvel Unlimited and the most creative thing they've done with that so far is they're like hey look Wolverine's falling down a shaft and this was something that felt so completely different and I think that was one of the the best things about it this book has so many strong and real emotions and I think the art form definitely does help those. And there's moments that I cannot imagine in a printed form, which is awful. But I, at the same point, I do want these books on my shelf forever, someplace where I know they'll be safe.
1: I thought it was really fun to see her play with the form, like you're saying, mm-hmm. Anne. There were sections where like, the chapter would start on a mostly white page with just a little bit of color on the bottom to get you scrolling right away like it's so clever like it's you can see someone who is good at this specific art form making these addictive little snippets like as someone who is trying to methodically study creating a page turner and creating cliffhangers that make people want to keep reading what you're writing it's was so instructive to see how Rachel Smythe does it in this book. Like every chapter had a big emotional beat and then a cliffhanger that had me dying for the next chapter. Like it's impossible to read just one chapter of Lore Olympus. I think as well, people, and by people I mean me before this week, look at Webtoon as like baby's first comic, I think. And I... Actually, no, I have read a webtoon before this. I This is going to be terrible. Someone, probably Ed, uh, just kidding, Ed, I don't know. <laughs> Someone will know what I'm talking about. There's a webtoon where there's like a tower that people have to work their way up. And it's really interesting. And there are some great characters in it. But the artwork was very much like, okay, you're not ready for primetime yet. But you're ready to tell this story that you want to tell. And it's an interesting enough story that will look past some of the warts. And that was kind of my experience with Webtoon was this feels like you're not ready for primetime yet or this is meant for 14-year-olds to read. But seeing the character designs and the world designs and the use of color in this series, remind the comic it reminded me the very most of is Austerious Polyp by David Mazzucchelli, which I regularly say is the best artistic comic book of all time. Like if I have to point to comics as a visual medium, I point to Austerius Polyp. And this book reminded me of that. When, with the shapes, colors, and settings adding so much to the story, I honestly was, I was so, so blown away the entire time.
0: Okay, I have to ask. Who's everybody's favorite character design?
1: And you're muted again. Um I am an enormous fan of Aphrodite. That's my girl right there. <laughs> I and not for innocent reasons. I wow. Bark bark woof woof. Uh, (laughs) Auga. I. Wow. I mean, it doesn't take much to realize what my taste in women is. You just like watch my wife walk by and be like, Oh yeah, that there's his taste right there. (laughs) And this book was just filled with women like that. Mm -hmm. Like a bunch of little boss women that are serving body, frankly. And it ruled also Hera Mm
0: -hmm. and Hera's little (sighs)
1: daughter, Who, I have no idea who that is in the mythology, but that little mini-me daughter, I was like, outstanding. A little stinker. And, I know this isn't what you just asked, but I will forget if I don't talk about it now. This is my favorite depiction of Zeus in anything Mm -hmm. ever. Because I kept falling for the trap. Like, he kept being charming and funny and fun to be around until he wasn't. And then he would do something like big, scary, violent, bossy, lascivious in a way that just made me feel sick to my stomach. And then he would win me back over again. Like I, you read these Greek myths about Zeus as the king of the gods, and he's the worst guy in the world. And yet Hera sticks around, everybody sticks around, and Laura Olympus is the first time I got it. I was like I would forgive him I would forgive him because when his sun shines on you it shines so bright Mm -hmm. and it makes you forget all the terrible things he does and it's that power couple of Zeus and Hera I hope there's so much more of them as the story goes on because just in the season one that I read what I got was fantastic but similarly, I don't want any more Poseidon. Poseidon is a perfect one-note joke. I don't want any more.
0: <laughs> he, he, I, he. From what all I've read, because I'm not 100% all the way caught up, but he definitely is just the punchline of a lot of different things. He'll just pop up and be like, "Hello, I'm mm-hmm. <laughs> <I am> here." <laughs> but yeah. Uh, what about you, Anne? Who's your favorite?
2: What a mad lad! My my favorite character design is my favorite character. It's Hecate. I love her <sighs> so her so. So much. She is the only one in the world who can pull bangs off that well. Um, she, she's just such a charming character. And being um, Hades' right-hand woman, and she's just always there to call him on his shit, but also support him and all of his bullshit. It's that's us. yeah, It's you and I.
1: <laughs> there we are.
2: Nope, that's it. That's true. That's fair. They're perfect. Awesome, awesome friends. And... God, I, I adore her. I Every time she's on page, my entire, my entire mood brightens. My day gets better. And I remember that there's light and goodness in the world. How about you, Lex?
0: Well, I feel like, I mean, the basic answer is Persephone because I love her. But also, I keep coming back to, I mean, I know she's like larger in the next chapter. But Demeter is so interesting to me she is like the only one of the only characters that has a double color scheme which is very interesting and i think that it's definitely meant to put you at unease, if that makes sense um i feel like as i felt a little bit seen by her and persephone's relationship of like the really high expectations and not wanting to do them if that makes sense like oh this is what your parents expect of you, but I don't want to live that life. Thanks. And I quite like them a lot. They're dynamic. I think it's very interesting to me. Um, but I also really love Eris. He's very, very funny to me. Especially initially at the jump. I think he's very funny when he like comes over and has like Girls Day. An and Artemis is just like, kill me.
2: And Ares, you... I I don't get it. I don't get it. You just... Wait. Ares or Ares? Eros. 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 Okay. Forgive me. Yeah. I gotta talk about this little... This little... This little (laughs) man. Pinkie pie. This little... Thank you. This little fruit who needs to figure out (laughs) what's going on. Because Story, you're telling me one thing, but he's doing a completely different thing. I'm just saying. There is... No way! That is a that is a straight man. You are lying to me. Someone is like, look, I'm here for platonic male female himself. relationships, but also this man. I know, we know, we all know, and yet, why do you
0: think he's allowed in the I, house?
1: I know what you are.
2: <laughs> I, know, I I pinned him immediately. I'm like, got you, fucking got you. I know.
1: Listen, uh, okay, sorry,
2: that's my my that's my arrows.
1: I'm here for the gay guys who are attracted to women, Rep. <laughs> we're few and far between.
0: <laughs> the gay heterosexual men.
1: It's huge for us.
0: He's the proud guy, to be seen in a comic.
1: The guys who want to kiki and then have you throw it back. Come on, we're... <laughs> There are dozens of us. He dozens! Doesn't.
0: He will do karaoke with you.
1: No, he won't. Have I ever told you about... He
0: will, but he'll be bad at it.
1: When I did karaoke, that was yes. my 9-11. That was my 9-11. There was like 15 oh, 9 all at once. That was crazy. Oh. I've never... I was shaking like a leaf in late autumn. Um... <laughs> I still feel so
2: bad. It was the Most worst of day piece. of my
1: life. I... Uh, um, I want, so, trigger warning about this comic, and they do it at the top of the comic a lot, this comic deals with a lot of heavy relationship topics, and I want to touch on those a little bit, so quick, trigger warning, it'll be about five minutes, probably, of talking about sexual assault and just like manipulative relationships in general. So if that's not something that you want to hear us talk about. Go ahead and skip ahead to five minutes from now and we'll be safe. So give everybody a second. All right. So in this comic book, we open pretty early on with the sexual assault of Persephone by the God Apollo. And what, To me, as a man, and obviously this is going to be very different from how it's perceived by a female reader, but for me as a man, I thought this was one of the most interesting discussions of sexual assault that I've ever seen, and the kind that I'm really happy exists, and that young people are seeing, where it is coercion is not consent. Mm -hmm. Like, if you have to talk somebody into being intimate with you and then you do not take their cue their emotional cues throughout that process that is not consensual sex like someone can say yes with their mouth because they are being coerced by you and not be saying yes and that is still rape that is still sexual assault and i think that for me was such a more poignant way to explore this theme than the traditional like I'll I'll just say the way like Marvel comics and DC comics tends to do these things like I'm going to overpower you I'm going to do something that is very explicitly like I am a rapist and Mm -hmm. I think what Laura Olympus does that is so interesting is like I think Apollo in his mind has plausible deniability Like, I genuinely think that Apollo doesn't think that he did anything wrong. But we as the viewers watching that know that he did something wrong. And I think that's such a valuable lesson to learn that isn't talked about. Like, that's not something I was ever taught as a teenage boy. That's something that came to me later in life as like, oh, okay, now we're taking everybody's feelings seriously, you know? And like, I just... I'm so happy this book exists and I'm so happy there are young people reading this book and having these hard conversations and discussing these topics that like in our abstinence only sex education system in America aren't being talked about when <laughs> sex is always taboo and shameful. It is very hard to discern when something is off or, you know what I mean? And so By this book showing a bad situation that you could find yourself in as both partners, like Apollo should have realized like something was off. Clearly, he is a a giant narcissist asshole that isn't going to realize that. But like he should have thrown a flag on the play. Like it's not just on Persephone to do that. You know what I mean? And I just. Mm -hmm. I was so impressed and I was impressed every time that it kept coming back where Apollo didn't really understand why Persephone didn't want to be around him. Yeah. And it just it felt very poignant and it felt very interesting to me and like something that I had never seen before cuz like we give a lot of flowers to invincible and what happens to Mark Grayson but frankly like that's never going to happen in 99% of people's lives. But like what happens in Laura Olympus, that that could happen to a lot of people.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like you could it, be on either end of that and not really realize it, because we don't want to talk about it.
2: I think that for me was the moment where this book shifted in my head from being something that was fun to being something that was impressive, and it was. Because you're right. It's something people don't talk about. Um, and I'm very glad that this is a young adult-oriented book. And if you read the comments, it's definitely young adults who are out there reading this book. Um, it's it's something that I'm so thankful was handled as well as it was in this book. Like you said, it's typically not this type of assault that we see in, in mainstream comics. It's, it's all about power. It's all about strength. And here it's something much more realistic, something that... I never heard anyone talk about until I was a freshman in college. I never had the, the the consent talk until I was a freshman in college. And that terrifies me still to this day that that was allowed to happen. And that there was an entire, just everyone I grew up with just didn't get that lesson. And the education system failed them. And it's why stories like this are important, because no matter how much um, pearl clutchers want to um, deny, sex is always going to be part of our lives. And it's going to be there from an earlier age than you're probably going to want it to be. And that's just the way the world is. And these stories are important because they help us process those emotions. They help us process those events. They help prepare us for what the real world can offer. So many people approach stories like they're just here to make me feel good. And that's about it. And I can't, I'm so far gone from that, that line of thinking that I can't really imagine anymore, but it's, it's so such a sad way to engage with art. And this comic is probably for all of those reasons, the best um, I've ever seen in movies, TV, or anything, the best use of sexual assault in a character's arc and in the themes of the story and in, you know, just everything's happened. It was perfectly executed. It was done with such care and respect and with such resonance behind it. It was done for a reason. And it's, I didn't think I would ever see a scene like that where I'm like, okay, I'm glad that was there. I have never said that before, and I doubt I ever will again, but in this story, I'm glad that was there, because the whole point of it is to showcase what this is like, and to showcase Persephone's struggle with that event, and to keep her agency through all of it. And it was, it's hard to read, but it's spectacular. It was, it was so well done.
1: I'm going to be honest. Like I, I think this is the only time I've ever read something by a woman writing about this subject.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And like, you can tell. Yeah. You can tell that it's not about physical power. It's about emotional power. It's about manipulation. It's about power dynamics and relationships. Like, and it makes it feel so much more real and therefore so much more impactful. Like I, I want to hand this to my teenagers be like, "Hey, you're not gonna learn it from me because like I'm your dumb dad. Like, I'll tell you, but you're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Because that's how I was when I was 13. But like, like comics as an education tool are incredible. Mm-hmm. Because, like, frankly, 99% of the exposure that I had to queer people in a positive light prior to my 20s came from the comic book saga. Like, if I had never picked up the comic book saga, I would probably be a different person than I am now. And, like, that book doesn't handle things perfectly. But because there was an effort to handle things and to say, like, look at these good, normal people living good, normal lives, that I became open to so many more viewpoints and lifelines than I ever would have otherwise. And frankly, like... Words and pictures have been our teaching tools since neolithic times. Like we were using pictures to convey meaning and tell our most important stories 50,000 years ago. And it just is cool to see a comic book where, and you said 1.4 billion people.
2: 1.3. Yeah. Where yeah 1.3, enough.
1: 1.3 billion people have looked at this comic book that so deftly handles such a taboo subject that in being taboo prevents us from learning and keeping people safe. It's immense.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I also feel like the way that it's written also is so validating for people who have experienced something like this. Like I feel like reading these characters and reading their experiences and how they go about after the fact. I feel like a lot of people would find comfort because of how gently and how lovingly they're taken care of. If that makes sense, I feel like it's written in such a way that isn't. It's it's intentional. It's intentional to address. Address it in a way that is heartfelt. You know, I feel like a lot of media these days does not approach it in a subject of caring for the person or people involved. So I really, I really appreciate this comic for giving a voice to that perspective. So I completely agree with what both of you have said.
2: And you are muted. Naturally. I keep doing that. Um, hard to talk about, but I'm glad it's there. We should probably edit that the intro, because I think that went on longer than five minutes. We should let people know it's probably closer to ten. Aye, aye, Captain. E. Oh. But, you know, it's not the only theme I think this handles well. There's trauma on Hades side, too, that I loved getting to explore. This I love it when... There's a relationship that doesn't feel one sided. You know, it's not like someone, it's not someone pining after tall, dark, and mysterious. And the whole time that, that's, that's it. He, the, the point about him is he's mysterious and he's a bit edgy. And that's the cool thing. I love when we get a character who is not traditionally what we would expect him to be. And that's because he has such a depth to him and has his own struggles with his own depressions and his own, um, ups and downs in his life. And I think that was handled really, really well in the story. It's it's what makes this relationship so great. It is what makes me really, really care about both of them and makes me want them both to win, is I see both of them struggling with such similar but different traumas.
0: I feel like one of my really favorite things with Hades and his story, first of all, honorable mention for all of his pets, Love those little fluffy bitches with all of my heart. Love that he's so just like many a dogs. dog dad. Oh Also Cerberus, funniest so <laughs> little bitch I've ever seen in my entire life. He is one of my favorite characters because he's just so shady when he wants to be, and obviously he doesn't speak, but he just will like side eye Hades every once in a while, and I'm like, I know what that dog's thinking. He's thinking all the thoughts that we're thinking. But um, I when I didn't realize until this second time around, like why he has them like those are his comfort those are his family like those and also I realized like obviously I have a pet I love her with my whole soul Um, somebody has to somebody has to because she's such an idiot (laughs) but love her Um, but yeah like and also the visual usage that she has to like (sighs) How do I want to word it? Like his visual scars, if that makes in- any sense. Like you, you see through his body that are carrying reminders of his past and the way that they're so delicately talked about. I can't remember if that's super mentioned in this bit or more farther on. But um, his story is also fabulous. I, I don't know. I love I love how individually – Fleshed out all the characters are like both of them are very extremely compelling characters.
1: I loved Hades. My Mm -hmm. one, listen, we're going to get into a tiny bit of a Dallas might be an old curmudgeon here. I did get taken out of it every once in a while when like big, serious, dark, broody businessman, Hades would be like, Ooh, I hope she likes me. Ooh. Oh no. I feel a widow silly. Like that was my only, sometimes I would get tonal whiplash in this book when like it felt let me, it's just that it's YA and I don't read a lot of YA, but I was like, this is a grown ass man. And like, I, as a grown-ass, as a less grown-ass man than this man have never, haven't had these thoughts since I was 15 years old. And, like, I get that, that that's just me not liking YA, and that's probably will continue to be the barrier to me liking YA. Because I just, I have a hard time taking adults seriously who express their emotions how teenagers do. And I, like, even at the very end of season one, when he goes, it's very sweet. And he goes to, like, spend time in Persephone's bed with her to, like, help her go to sleep. I was like, I've literally lived this experience. Like, I have gone to lay next to Addison until she falls asleep before, when we were still dating. And, like, I would drive home at three in the morning because, like, we just wanted to be around each other. And I... Never was like, oh, my widow baby, are oh, you going to fall asleep? Oh, like, is that me being a curmudgeon, or did that throw either of you two off? Either when the book would be widow bit cutie woody like this.
2: See, I I see where you're coming from, but for me, it felt more akin to what I would see in like a manga or an anime, where you have those moments of accentuated emotional explosions. And I, the, the scene I keep thinking about. And um, it's the scene where um, Aphrodite or Eros is on the phone with Persephone and uh, and Ares just shows up and like the little gremlin he is, he's like reaching up and his face is, he's got the sharp teeth. He's like, let me talk to Persephone. <laughs> let me talk to her. And I was just like, this man is such a gremlin. It makes me, it makes me think so much about the manga I've read where you'll have the moment where the eyes just go super wide, the pupils disappear and they're like, you know, their arms are chopping and they're like trying to make it a very expressive point. It's to me, it just felt like using the medium to really ham up the emotions that that's all it felt like to me. And that makes sense. It takes me out of that in manga when it does that too. I don't know why, but I'm just always
0: like, <laughs> I'm always like, so you, are a okay. you might yeah, be I'm a comedian. Like,
2: I don't know. I was just like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> for, for me, I think, I feel like it takes me less out of Hades because after reading what I've Red is, Hades is this guy who definitely like tries to put on the air of like, hey, I'm super, super suave and cool. And, you know, I'm so mysterious and fierce. But then really, like he's like, like listen, real. I'm a dog dad. And what I do for me and my babies, that's between me and my inner daddy issues. That's it. <laughs> he He's His someone who puts me. on a performance. And Persephone is the only person who makes him break character. And I think that's really neat.
0: Mhm. Mic drop. Preach. Just. Dallas Don't is jump your
1: head at me. Just I am me a curmudgeon. That. <laughs> That's what I'm realizing. As I am just in fact a curmudgeon.
0: You need to just read more Wyatt. Like, just disentangle. Uh, no, mind.
1: no. Like I fully, you would have to chain me to a stone like Prometheus and have the eagle instead of tearing out my liver, tear off my eyelids every day. To get me to read YA. I will never forget the moment I grew out of YA. And this, listen, this is the opinion that will get me canceled. I do not understand adults that like YA fiction. Because I remember when I was 16 years old, the most recent, at that time, Percy Jackson book came out. And I went to the store to pick it up, like I had the year before, to pick up that Percy Jackson book. And I was like, ooh, most anticipated release of the year. And I got about 50 pages in and I was, I had an Andy from Toy Story 2 moment where I was like, oh no, I don't want to play with you anymore. And I just dropped YA fiction out of my life, never to return. And sometimes I think about how YA fiction began with something like Catcher in the Rye, which like, I'm not. If you know me, I'm not a catcher in the rye shooter. I fucking hate that book. But, like, even if I fucking hate that book, it's literature. It's not like, ooh, ooh. Okay. Here's another grumpy opinion. Oh, boy. Someone on Twitter today was like, I hate good reads. It's impossible to find a good book because they'll be like, James Joyce's Ulysses. 3.8 stars. The love I never forgot. Written in 2023. 4.9 stars. And I cackled so loud. I was like, that is the state of of book talk and Goodreads and just all that garbage. There's people looking me in the eyes and saying, Fourth Wing is a real life book. And it is not. <laughs> I've gone too deep into this rabbit hole. Oh. All this to say... I am the curmudgeon. It's me. Mm-hmm. But Lore Olympus was incredible and I forgive it for being YA fiction, even though I don't like
2: YA. <sighs> Had to get Damn, that last you don't jab like me, You can just Had say to get that, that last jab. So, so, I mean, I, I can't, I genuinely can't remember the last time I went and picked up a YA novel. It's like, I feel like comics I'll definitely dabble in YA all the time but novels I can't I think the last time I did was when I was trying to catch up with the High Republic because they made it so it's like hey there's gonna be interlocking um, plot threads in the main novels but also the YA novels and the juvenile novels I'm like listen I love Star Wars I'm not reading the juvie novels but I will listen to the young adult novels because they take like three hours on an audiobook and there is you know some that I liked and some that I didn't it just wasn't for me but there's still some things there that I was able to enjoy, but there were some sti- juvenile I, parts. Some juvenile parts. I definitely feel like I, I I aged out of it a little bit. But if it's a good a good story, is a good story is a good story. So if I age out of it, I'll go back. <laughs> if it's a good story, I'll go back. I gotta go back and reread Twilight at some point though, because mm-hmm. I'm just a mess. I'm just a garbage person. I am a well,
0: actual as someone background. who. Uh, bought a YA novel literally two days ago. I don't think I have anything else left to say. Thank you for joining this episode. We'll see you next week. (laughs)
2: Love you, Lexi. You're awesome. Alexis.
0: Don't touch my trash. Explain YA
1: as an adult to us. Explain (laughs) YA as an adult to us because I genuinely, I think you're very smart and I trust you and I do not get it at all.
0: Well, here. Bear with me. I will admit I have a line. I will draw the line in the dirt I really like fantasy, y a, everything else I won't touch. I like magical worlds. I like adventures. I feel like a lot of the ones that I've read, that's basically all they're doing because I feel like any type of romance gets weird because I'm like, I've literally read the dirtiest shit in these adult books. I can't go back the other way now. I was like, I can't I can't have you kicking your feet over. Making eye contact in the parking lot. Like, mm mm, it's not that anymore. <laughs> I don't have it in me. <laughs> but like for example, for example, the book that I picked up the other day is Divine Rivals by Rebecca Yoss or whatever her name is. Heard nothing but great things about it. I like it so far. I'm like five chapters in. Very juvenile. I mean it's sure I'm I know why it's written the way that it is. I sometimes I like head empty shit. And that's all I can say. Thanks. Sometimes I don't like to fully pay attention to what I'm reading on my drives. So there's my TED talk. Sometimes I need to let the book that I just read stew. So I'll just loop back around to a YA.
1: That's what a podcast is for. You know, you're doing it right now, dear listener. You know, you've tuned us out a little bit. What was actually the last thing I said, (laughs) Hmm. listener? You don't know. Who knows? You. do you just like our voices.
0: They're just staring at the traffic Aww. light.
1: You're you're either behind the wheel or staring at an Excel sheet, half listening to us. And I appreciate that.
2: That's so true. That that hurts a little. Okay. <laughs> um some I wanna talk a little bit about Minth.
0: <gasps> and can I tell you a really funny thing I that you- I learned about her? <laughs>
1: I thought you said men for a second. I was like, <laughs> perk up, folks. This is the first time. First, <laughs> and last time, the first, first time and
2: last time. Hey. Lexi, continue.
0: Okay, well, so I didn't know this until mm-hmm. th- just recently. But apparently Minth is a real, well, an actual in the myths character, like person. She actually mm-hmm. happened. She's real. She's not just made up for this story. I don't know why I assumed that she was, but According to mythology, uh, <laughs> Mint is a water nymph who lusts after Hades and Persephone turns her into a plant, which is then known as Mint. That's where Mint came from. I oh. love Mint. Yep. It's a horny she little makes water my nymph. She <laughs> Yep. Horny little water nymph. Mint. I thought that listen. was so funny.
2: Hey, my listen, God. if she tastes like Mint, I get Hades now. I really get it.
0: That took a turn. This is not YA.
2: <laughs> yeah, in a very non-YA
1: way. If it tasted like mint down there, I'd be down there twice a day instead of just the once a day. I'm already down
0: there. Forget, forget brushing.
1: Listen, I've already firmly established that I am not Batman, but I would not have a day job anymore if it was minty fresh. Hey, Batman doesn't do that.
0: No, I know. I That's why I said I'm firmly
1: is. not Batman. <laughs>
0: No, but I love Mint. Mint. She's hilarious. She
2: she is my favorite disaster. And I'm very excited to see where she goes in season two. Because she just keeps messing up. But I can tell that there's so much more to her character. I can tell there's so much more to unpack there. And I love when a story gives that depth to not just the protagonist, but the antagonist as well. And I'm always here for a story that's like, hey... This is a bad person. But we might get around to unpacking that someday. So please stick around and see if we do. I think that's always great. I love redemption arcs so much.
0: Can I tell you something? Yeah. She don't get one. (laughs) Villain. Through and through. Wait.
2: Okay. Okay. Time out. Time out. What do you mean she don't get one? I'm like... Dude. I got to... Dallas, don't listen. Dallas, I got to her school teacher days.
0: Uh, well, true. She has a schmedium one. Okay. But she's she's the making myths progress. Don't lie, she's a, my
2: friend. She's a piece of shit right up until that. The reason she gets turned into a plant, she's definitely a piece of shit for. But when she comes out of it, I like that she, she starts
0: know about the plant.
2: addressing her trauma. I know about the plant. Okay, good. Okay, that's I like, could not okay.
0: remember if we had gotten there yet. Okay. Ah! <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs>
2: Why'd you make the, that tortoise sound?
0: He does look like a tortoise when he does that.
1: <laughs> no, and I know exactly what you're talking about. Did I ever tell you about the game that my friends and I used to play with that sound? Where we, in the car, we would play a game where if you could play that sound over the ox cord before anyone could tell you to stop, then you didn't have to pay for lunch that day. Like, the oh. rest, everyone else would... Chip in to pay for your lunch that day. But and you had to be slick about it because we would we'd be like, hey, no tour to sound, and then you couldn't play it. So you'd have to be like, yo, 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 I got the hottest new song. Oh, dude, do do do. you listen to the bass in the song. Listen to the bass in the song. You plug it in and it goes,
2: eh. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: everyone would be like, ah, it was brilliant. Some of I our finest, that. some of our finest work. <sighs> Absolute uh,
0: menace. To, be a, to be a high school boy just for 30 seconds just to do that. Nothing else is good that comes from being a high school boy. Just that.
2: Yeah, you're not missing much. Um, <laughs> it's a fraud experience,
1: but it's a good one.
0: <laughs> it's a simple one.
1: <laughs> not a lot of thoughts. Mm-mm.
0: That's for damn sure. Ever. About anything.
1: <laughs> not enough blood in the brain. Uh, oh... You're right. You broke her. Yeah, I'm not wrong. That's why girls are smarter. <laughs> they don't kind of divide their resources between two leaders.
2: We, have we talked about... Oh, go ahead.
1: Addison and I were watching the Christmas movie Klaus. And you know the part where the, um, the lady looks at the man. And she goes, how have we never defeated you? After, yes. Like, is yes. like, that's how I feel about the patriarchy. Most days, <laughs> she's like, I look over at men. I'm like, how have we never defeated you?
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: Addison Frack. is so right. Womanhood. Me up. So true, bestie. Be a woman. I was like, I, I can't even disagree. How have you never defeated us? Got to get your game up.
0: You're like that's saying something you about you.
1: Me? We've been winning like the Harlem Globetrotters for a while here, and we haven't even been trying in the last ten
2: years. <laughs> 80% of them are distracted every Sunday watching football. There's so much time to do shit. We
0: could, we could have done it
2: any Sunday.
0: We can overthrow the patriarchy.
2: We can do it. I believe in us. Have we talked enough about Persephone? Because I feel like we haven't talked enough about like, Persephone. No.
0: <laughs> Should we talk about the finale? I feel like that really is. That's her. Right there.
2: Oh, the the giant cliffhanger here at the end?
0: Mm-hmm. Dallas. hmm Dallas,
2: tell us your thoughts on that. What do you think? She really seemed to mess some
1: things up for uh, the humans. (laughs) Fuck (laughs) shit up. (laughs) Listen, Alexis, maybe you can speak to this. Uh, I was wise enough to move the hell away from my family. The second I turned 18, I moved hours away. I moved Mm -hmm. to a different part of the country. I have moved to a different part of the country, not once, but twice. So maybe you can talk about the commuter school rage. Oh, you could talk about Lord. commuter school rage.
0: I'm having commuter work rage. Every time dad asks me if I want to ride to work, I'm like, no, Adam. This is my last shred of independence. Leave me alone. But for real, though, like the concept of being an adult, but still being very much entangled with family life is the worst it really is the worst like i basically had to, two middle fingers in the air be like leave me alone or so help me i will light your house on fire and my parents were like hmm, okay so do you want to come work for us and we'll pay you a lot and i was like hmm okay you have a mean bargain there but don't tell me how to live my life <laughs> every, every day just sometimes but oh it's so valid <laughs> That's that's why I said I felt very validated by their relationship was literally the work to school, the school commuter that that experience right there is real. Trauma. And then
1: and I want you to talk about this as well. I know you've voiced on the show a few times that you want to scream down the stairs at your family. How do you feel like family tension was portrayed well in this comic book.
2: So well. Because all I wanted to do this whole time is tell Demeter to shove it and to stuff it. And it's a feeling I get a lot. I get it a lot. I I think the only thing that prevents me from feeling that on a constant daily basis is the knowledge that if I did that, then literally no one in this house would give a shit about anything. And that frustrates me more than anything that my parents could say to me on a daily basis. And that's like, I feel like, I feel like arrows a lot where it's like, there's so much happening at the house and arrow should have their own shit to deal with, but they're here helping out doing things and, you know, (sighs) going along with it because that's what you got to do sometimes. And there's a lot in Persephone that I just, I get the moment of just like, okay, I'm going to let this wrath out a little bit. I completely understand it. So getting getting that moment and getting to see steadily, I think the the slow burn on a lot of the stuff in the story is one of the best aspects about it. Her slow burn to show that she does have a bit of a angry side is really, really fascinating. And so utterly relatable
0: season two has my all time favorite persephone image of all time i'm pretty sure it's the finale i think that's why i wanted us to get there so bad don't worry and i will send it to you um but really the reason that i wanted to do this webtoon so bad is because i saw someone do that look as a cosplay at new york comic-con and it like changed the chemistry of my brain and i haven't been able to stop thinking about it since and i'm like "Mm, if i didn't get so hot at public places because of my anxiety i would do that next year but you know i can't do that i get too hot (laughs) so evil slash grumpy persephone is my favorite No one can change my mind. She's amazing. Love her.
1: I, speaking a little bit more of family drama, I like, I loved Persephone. She's a great character to be around. I think where I'm at in the story, she has largely functioned as like the fish out of water, big eyeballs looking at everything around her character. And so while I really like her and I'm really rooting for her, I don't know that I have a ton to say about her yet. But I do think returning a little bit to the family drama, the Laura Olympus does a great job of playing with the immortality of these characters. When like Zeus, Ares and Eros are all beefing as adult men over things and you forget that they are Grandpa, son, and grandson. It's like perfect Greek myth mess. When I'm like, these people all age until they are perfectly hot. And then just beef with each other for a It's eternity.
0: reality TV. It
1: is reality TV. But with your and grandpa. Also, <laughs> this also, like it, it felt so well researched as well. Like calling Hades by his real name or even like. This was the first time that I really put together that like Helios wasn't having a good time as the Sun Titan, you know, like he's chained doing that job. And like, I really it helped me understand so much better the role that the Titans play after the Olympians overthrow them as like, no, you uh, you have to do all the shitty jobs as like in flight the slave, drag the thun around the planet. I like, thank you, Zeus, Julian. <laughs>
0: Zeus I- is so king, Julian. That's the funniest thing you've ever said. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh. Zeus is in Columbus, like, bring me my virgin on a silver platter, please. <laughs> Good lord. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> I liked that Hades wasn't like other girls.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) He has cute dogs. (laughs) Jeez.
2: He's
1: not like his other brothers, okay? He actually is very sensitive.
0: Also, love his and Hera's relationship.
1: Is that from the myths, or was that a Lore Olympus original?
0: (laughs) I don't know, but I love it.
2: I do. The one thing this does a great job at is reminding me i know nothing about actual greek mythology i know nothing all my knowledge comes from like um the disney hercules and that's bad (laughs) because that is not accurate i know for a fact that's not accurate do i know how exactly it's not accurate not really but i what listen what i'm saying is i need neil gaiman to to pick up some slack Norse mythology, forget it. I need some Greek mythology, Neil, and I know that you can deliver. I'm that sorry. Would
0: literally change the chemistry of my brain if he did her,
2: that. Her name
1: is literally Madeline Miller, and I've get, I've tried to get Alexis to read Circe about a hundred times.
0: I literally tried. I need to reloop. Okay, I'm sorry.
1: It is I'm so sorry. Anne. Anne, if you were Correct. like, what if Neil Gaiman was a woman that wrote Greek mythology? That's, That's literally the, uh, Madeline Miller. Yes. She wrote Circe which is a retelling of the odyssey from the point of view of the witch Circe. And it will Mm -hmm. make, if you liked minth and you were like, damn, these water nymphs are having a hard time. And also I support evil women's
2: wrongs. Boy, should you read Circe by Madeline Miller? I'm so mad because I picked that book up at Barnes Noble, maybe about two or three months ago. And I held it in my hands for a solid lap around the bookstore and I put it classic, back. Classic.
1: Classic. I love Plus carrying books around the bookstore.
0: Ugh.
2: One of my favorite activities is picking books up and then putting them back down.
0: You, hey, you know what? My favorite
2: book I did take home with me that day, though. What? The the one where the woman's husband turns into a I, shark. I need you.
1: <laughs> I need you to do a lap around your Criminal. room right now while I speak shit about you. Um, <sighs> just kidding. I think if you like Laura Olympus, Cersei will hit you like a freight train frankly like i feel oh, like it'll right. hit you like wily coyote where you'll get hit and your arms and legs will stay floating there will be a little poof of smoke in your shape <laughs> floating where you were it's as you're being shape. skyrocketed off to lesbian island
0: i need to go and then, again from mom
1: and then there's song of achilles which Ooh, is madeline miller being like madeline miller's like they were gay why do we mm-hmm. keep forgetting in all the adaptations that they were gay? Mm-hmm. Achilles is gay. This guy is gay. And she's like, what if we wrote the Iliad as a gay. a men loving men gay romance that like Achilles is doing all this for his little boyfriend Patrocles? And it's <laughs> brilliant. I don't I don't know what she's up to right now, but I need a new book from her
0: stat. She's probably it's cooking one up.
1: Stat! It's been a while, but also take your time, girl, because she has some of the prettiest prose I've ever read in my entire
2: life. Good for her. I'm excited to talk about it on in 2024. Yeah.
0: True. That'll be that'll be on our everything but next year.
2: Guaranteed.
1: <sighs> what else do we have to say about Laura Olympus? I feel like this comic's a 10 out of 10. If this episode is a little scattered.
0: Mm -hmm. It's wonderful. We will be coming back to do the other bits. Last half, I guess, or last two thirds
2: ish. Absolutely. (laughs) Say I'm I will take any opportunity to finish this book and to reread it again and again which is the only issue I have doing the episode about this. Cause I definitely went past our stop point and I <gasps> trying trying to figure out what happened before that stop point. I, I made a mistake. I could not control my foolish heart. And so I'm this whole episode. I feel like I'm keeping it in. Cause it's like, I have so many thoughts, but I'm not sure if we're there yet. I think that this is an amazing comic that you should read. If you love romance, if you love Fun, interesting, unique characters. And if you want to see some of the most beautiful art you'll ever see in your entire life.
0: Her art really is beautiful. Amazing. Also, I love how every single character, the color that they're drawn in makes so much sense. I can't explain it, but it just Mm -hmm. does. It just makes so much sense.
2: The colors make so much sense and every character design is perfect. It's unique. They're... I I feel like they passed the silhouette test for the most part. Um, It's it's, it's really something special.
1: I want to talk a little bit about the craft here. I asked Alexis earlier in the week, and Alexis did some research, and she said this is a 100% digitally drawn comic book. Correct, Alexis?
0: Yes. She uses Adobe Photoshop and a fancy drawing tablet. That's it.
1: And... That melts my mind because that means that she puts the watercolor paper texture on digitally and then watercolors all this. And that textured paper to the panels that sit on top of the white screen of the infinite scroll are Mm -hmm. stunning, babe. They add so much depth to the actual piece. I think the fact that these are watercolored in general are beautiful. I love the crisp lines with the soft colors. I also, I want my last question, because we don't have a lot of listener questions this time around. So just more of a general question from me. What is our overall thought about the webtoon format? Scrolling versus the paneled page of traditional comics.
2: I think they're very similar in the way that they both have ways that allow the creator, the artist to very manually and purposefully control pacing with physical comics. You do it. with The page turns with this, you do it with dead space and you do it with connecting panels. It's, in a way that a novel could never be, it feels like directing a movie where you're like, I want them to hit these beats here, here, and here. And I can make this come as close as possible by using this medium as that barrier, by using this medium as my film, and by making sure that there is, I know there will always be a certain time that it takes to flip a page or to scroll a web page. It's the only thing that you can control because everyone's going to read at different paces everyone some people are faster some people are slower but everyone is going to take about the same time to turn a page and using that to your advantage is one of the best tools that a writer could have in this medium and i know that it's going to be that not every comic is going to do it as well as this one but i'm very very intrigued to see what other creative ways people out there have used this format to tell these stories Hell
1: yeah. What do you think, Lex?
0: Honestly, I I love Webtoon format. I mean, I know I kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier before, but <clears throat> um, I just love how easy it is. I don't know if that makes any sense to anybody because I know we have digital comics. I know that exists. But I don't know if it just is the perfect amount of simple for my little goldfish brain that I have. But it just... I don't know. And also I realize I do have, with my generation, I have a very addictive swiping personality. So I love to swipe on things up. And so it just like makes sense in my little peanut brain. Just like, look at me, look at me. I'm like on Instagram, but I'm not. So 10 out of 10 would recommend. But I do love, I do, there is something about a physical something though. I do love a good physical book. And if it were up to me, I feel like digitally, I'd pick Webtoon any day, but physical comic books are amazing to read. So that's my two cents.
1: I will never like Webtoon as much as I like regular comic books.
0: Are you (laughs) kidding me?
1: I love the comic book page. I love watching someone create sequential art on a page, leading my eye across that page. I am a glutton for the comic book medium. But, but, I thought Lore Olympus was excellent. And it absolutely opened my mind to more high-quality Webtoon comics. If this is the future of comics, and that future is incredibly well-crafted, lovingly told stories about human relationships and drama comics are in safe hands there was a lot of discourse on the website that shall not be named today about how comics are having a hard time getting past a mini series length at the big two and therefore a lot of people being like oh comics is dead comics is over baby um We need to go back to the days of Robert Liefeld. Robert Liefeld never had 1.3 billion people read his comic book. Mm -hmm. Like it, it, it didn't happen. Comic books in the direct medium in the direct market might be waffling and being weird right now, but comic books as an art form have never been stronger. There are more kids reading comics now than at any time in my life. And it's pretty astonishing. And I think comics like Laura Olympus are huge evidence of that. And the fact that Rachel Smythe has demonstrated that Webtoon can be your entire job. This comic that we all read for free on webtoon.com has paid for Rachel Smythe's whole life because people like it so much that they want the physical copies of it. They want to pay to read the next chapters. This distribution model works. And I hope and pray that Marvel and DC Comics can figure out a little bit better how to capture people's interest because they are working with some of the greatest characters humanity's ever invented. And if they could just get out of their own way and learn from these kids who are coming in and wiping the floor with them, I think we could really see a new comic book golden age. And speaking of comic book golden age i think it is so interesting that this webtoon puts the words most consistently either above or below the panel in the exact same way that golden age comics did which were also meant for kids like i don't know if you notice but when we like this has more in common with the uncle scrooge comic we read than it does a superhero comic we read like Mm -hmm. that uncle scrooge those panels could be laid out like a webtoon and it would read very similar to this. And like this very silver age recap pages of like last time on, like you'll remember, this is where we just were retellings. I was like, we've lost some of this. We've lost a little bit of this is somebody's first comic book. Let's make these easy and fun to read. Like we've, we might have jumped the shark a little bit, there's a reason that comic books were the biggest entertainment medium in the world mm-hmm. for a long time. And now they are becoming that again. But it's just not the companies that invented them. You might want to learn something. And the lesson is not make them for boys again. It's make them easier to read and access.
2: You know, it's I, I just realized this. You know, what's interesting to me. The fact that. Comics tell us that, like, sales numbers only matter for, like, pre-orders of issues, but they still write for the trades. What's the point of writing for the fucking trades if the trade sales don't matter? Why Girl. are we still doing that?
1: Girl, I have been down this hole.
2: Welcome to the trenches. Ugh. It's okay. I-, I get it. I mean, as a company, I'm sure you're allergic to money. I mean, that makes sense to me. So, I... Ugh. I... Fuck. Webtoons. Learn something, god damn it. Marvel DC figure it out. I'm being grumpy now. Now I'm now I'm the curmudgeon. Welcome to the party. We hate <laughs> YA here. Was that the only requirement?
1: That's the whole
2: thing. You have to I forgot that was the line. whole point. <laughs> that was the whole point of a Christmas Carol. YA Bah humbug.
1: Honestly, Scrooge McDuck hates YA. I just know. It. Huey, Dewey, and Louie tried to get him to read Divine Rivals, and he threw it in the trash.
0: Why are you being so mean to my book?
1: Because it's just the first one that came to mind because you mentioned it earlier.
0: <laughs> Damn. Tell me how you really feel.
1: Huey, Dewey, and Louie love Percy Jackson.
0: Me too. They can say that No,
2: that's a, that's a good headcanon. Do you want to do the questions?
0: Yes. Sure.
1: I can read Glenn's. Neat. Me- Glenn writes: Hi Olympians, what's the first time you remember seeing Greek mythology portrayed in media? Many thanks, Glenn.
0: Hercules. The Disney movie.
2: Yep. Disney Hercules for me too.
0: Well, you see, <sighs> us oh, cultured
1: fellows Clash the Titans for oh Titan, Clash of the Titans. When
0: I was really <gasps> 4 years old. <laughs>
2: I was Before- a sl- sl- slut for Clash of the Titans. Before Dallas hits us with some nonsense, does anyone remember the Hercules TV show? I do. I that do. was the real shit. That was the good shit.
1: That's
2: queer coded for some reason. That and Danny Phantom. <sighs> okay, Danny Phantom I can explain though, because there's a little character called Danny Phantom, Danielle Fenton, and I know exactly where that switch in my brain turned. Where I'm like, you know what? She's cooler than Danny. I can't figure it out why. I don't know why I like her better. But one day, I will understand this. Hell yeah. That's it. Okay. Sorry. Continue. What were you going to say, Dallas? You're your... Well, <laughs> there you... There we
1: go. See, I had the big <sighs> golden book of children's fables. A book that my mom purchased for some reason when I was a wee lad. And it had these stunning illustrations. And in that book, next to St. George and the Dragon and the Billy Goats Gruff, there was Perseus and the Minotaur. And I loved that one. It was that and St. George and the Dragon just through and through. Sometimes Coyote and the Hare. I liked that one a lot, too. But, But no contest. We were reading... Perseus and the Minotaur every single night from the age of just after Winnie the Pooh until reading my own books old we read Perseus and the Minotaur so Greek mythology has been in my brain for decades and that might explain a lot about me that might explain a little bit of the aerosification of Dal- one Dallas Taylor yeah <laughs>
2: It all makes sense. All makes so sense.
1: Also, do you remember the books Dragonology and yes. all those? Yes. Yes, I is do. It's my
0: fairyology book.
1: They had a Greek mythology one called Mythology. And then, Robert. more specifically, the <laughs> Greek mythology handbook. Remember how they had the handbook ones that were like smaller and more dense? Oh, mm-hmm. I was. I loved the big ones, but I was a slut for the little ones because they were way more information. And if Dallas is nothing, if not someone who loves dense information in a book and the what? Oh, and those illustrations, I'm like, maybe we'll read those for comics, collective episode. I know they're not comics, but they're illustrated.
0: I'll read feriology again. I could write a book report. I, on well, I think I did write a book report on that, actually.
1: I read that baddie front to back 173 times. (laughs) Show me all those different species of dragon again. I still think about them almost every day. Remember the section where you could touch the Quetzalcoatl's sparkly um, scales? Remember the dragon powder in the plastic baggie? I remember that drawing of the wyvern to this day. Mm -hmm. To this day. Oh, yeah. I can picture that whole book page for page. It was that in the Star Wars Visual Dictionary. Oh yeah. Those are the books that made me.
2: There you go. That's that's Glenn's. I can read our last question from Queen Balzette. Thank you for writing in. You're a celebrity. Um, question for lore olympus who are your top three favorite slash most hated gods or beings in lore olympus ps zeus has no idea how lucky he is to have Hera around no he does not zeus is a fuckboy, and if he's he's my number he's always gonna be my number one fuck zeus you tricky sexy suave bastard the long hair is so evil
0: it really is. Long
2: hair is evil coated. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. I see. Mm, okay. Mm. I
2: got you. Mm. Correct.
0: <laughs> yes.
2: We we should evaluate why Dallas feels like this. Um, is there anything you would like to to confess to your co-hosts about?
0: It's, he's just jealous because when he tries to grow his hair out, he turns it into a mushroom.
2: I'm growing out
0: a uh, mullet
1: for exactly that reason. <laughs> I My hair doesn't grow down. It just grows out. I turn into coconut head from Nedsa Classified. <laughs> he turns into a mushroom. I hate it. I, it does. It just goes full mushroom head. And so I'm going to trim <sighs> the sides and I'm going to have a slutty little mullet. I'm very excited. That's my new hair journey. You heard it here first, folks. Um, the reason I hate long hair probably internalized misogyny. That's a lot of what's going on <laughs> in my life at this moment.
0: Good lord. <laughs> Who are your favorite um, or least favorites?
1: <laughs> favorites. Eros, Aphrodite, and Hecate. Mm-hmm. Least favorites. Apollo. Every time Apollo was on screen, I had a visceral reaction. Mm-hmm. In the yeah. mm-hmm. Also, Ares is a bitch. I've never seen Ares in anything where I didn't dislike him.
0: So. <laughs> I think that's the point.
1: Yeah, okay. that's probably the point. Um, and also, Hestia, listen, girl, oh. keep your Catholicism to yourself. That's crazy. That's crazy. How are you going to slut same someone in ancient Greece? They invented being slutty. That's crazy. Sure, so, I have so many questions about
2: Hestia. How Lexi, a new girl. No one. Who <laughs> your Who your three favorite and least favorite? <sighs>
0: My three favorites are all three of Cerberus' heads. Um, next. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. No. Um, no, I do love those dogs though, especially the little tiny Pomeranian that he's like, this is the eater of all worlds. That's so real. <laughs> <laughs> um, But no, I I feel like I love Hades and Persephone, but they get the same slot because they're the main characters. Um, love them. Also love – Minth and her little minions at the end of the, whatever those two little gray ones are. They're in the same group too. Um, The little minions of evil. And then, hmm, I think I've got to say Eros too. He's very fun. I would like to go shopping with him. Okay, then.
2: my favorites... Oh wait, you did you do your least favorites?
0: I didn't do my least favorites, but you can do, do your, your least favorites. favorites. Okay. No,
2: no, I'm not jumping the line.
0: Nope, you're good. You're good. Um, least favorites definitely Zeus, but I mean he serves a little bit, so I understand. <laughs> and then, um, Demeter because she just makes me want to throw something at someone. And then, oh. There's a character that Dallas hasn't met yet that's terrifying. I can't remember her name. Jesus, but it's
1: Jesus Christ, isn't it?
0: Probably. yeah. <laughs> Do you think he shows up
1: that in Jesus
2: five? cameo in season two is so weird. He shows up in mm-hmm. season five.
0: What is her name? I don't know. I'll leave that vague. She's in season two. Mm, Ooh.
1: Correct. I also... Just for the one scene, I'm sorry, Ian. The one scene where Mint's evil friend banged Zeus at the Ooh. office and then she was like getting ready again. I was like, this is crazy. This is a crazy book. Yeah. Crazy book.
2: Crazy, <laughs> crazy book. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned her. She's on my list. Favorite characters, Hecate, Hades, and probably mm, God, the third one's the difficult one. Because I don't want to say Perse, I want to be basic and say Persephone, but it might be, it might honestly be, um, fuck, it's Persephone. Okay, least favorite three though: Zeus, fuck boy, hate him. Apollo, evil incarnate, such a chad. Fuck Apollo. And finally, it is Thetis. Thetis Mm -hmm. is that fish lady. She sucks. I hate her. But also, sometimes she serves. She does listen. There, no one so in this does book Zeus. doesn't suck and serve at the same time. Sucking and serving. Sucking and everyone that's, in this book is too horny. That's the heterosexual experience, frankly.
1: If anyone's ever asked what's going on, what the heterosexuals were sucking and serving. Good.
2: I will. I will relate that information to the council meeting this month. Thank you. Yes, please inform the gays. We've We've been trying to figure it out for so long. Like none of them seem to be having a very good time. I hope this helps. I'm ready to move this off of old business. I'm tired of revisiting it every single month. Start every single meeting. What's up with the straights? And everyone's just like, I don't know. Listen, all that
1: anyone is on, it's just each other that's on our minds all the time. Every straight meeting is like, what are we going to do about those gays? And every gay meeting is like, what is going on with the straights? We just need to mind our own business.
0: And you're then the so bisexual obsessed. meetings have nothing going on. We're just like, Wait, mm.
1: there is no bisexual meeting because they're all just having sex with each other.
0: It's true. It's just an orgy. He
1: suggested <laughs> a, <just> a joke.
0: <laughs> hey, you're just jealous.
2: Mamma mia! Uh, uh, reading through this book, me like, please, please let me be by. Please, <laughs> everyone is so pretty.
0: Oh my gosh, I forgot the little is... Pomeranian's name was Cordon Bleu.
1: Outstanding work, Hades. <laughs> Outstanding work. I loved Hades.
0: He was he like... Wonderful.
1: I also love that this book took enough time to let us sit with characters outside of the romance. Mm-hmm. Like, I love romance novels. But also, like, we can spend some time with Resand where he isn't like licking up the sand behind Pharaoh while she walks. You which know like, he would do. He would. He would, do would. That. He would
0: think about that's it. That's the he premise thinking of, about it.
1: That's the premise of those book two and three. Mm-hmm. It's just, eh, 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 eh. Mm-hmm. but like, let him do something else too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, let him go live his life for five seconds (laughs) set the boys free listen being a boy that reads a court of thorns and roses is really just being like how is she gonna give me the coolest boys in the world and some of the best horrifying monsters i've ever read in anything and then we're just gonna describe ball skin
2: (laughs) damn it damn it was the ball skin? How, how was, was it, would you say velvety? You
1: haven't, or...
0: got,
2: you haven't gotten to that book
1: yet.
0: Can't just wait.
1: Uh, there will come a time, Anne, where you have been outsmutted. Like, you'll be about three quarters of the way through book five, and you'll be like, can you just go for a picnic or something?
0: <laughs> can you just hold hands? <laughs> Listen, I,
2: I, I looked at the back of the book, and it's about Nesta. Like, so mm. we said it's going to switch on um, viewpoint characters. And I got to be honest, I'm so like, I don't, I'm not here for this. I hate Nesta so much. I can't.
0: Yeah, i not to help that. You know what?
1: I like that she's so mean. She's mm-hmm.
0: like... She Emma is Frost, women's right wrongs. Way. She is the the figurehead for women's wrongs.
1: She reminds me of Grant Morrison's Emma Frost. Before we had the, like, Kieran Gillen sands off the edges and makes her our beloved mother. Like, Grant Morrison's Emma Frost would give you an eating disorder, frankly. She's icy. Like, I'm sorry. She would. She'd say the meanest shit you've ever heard. It was 2001. There's no mercy. She was doing coke to stay skinny. And that's Nesta a little bit.
2: Yeah. Okay. Are we ready to wrap this up? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Anne's like, that'll do it. Time Ann's, to go.
2: That's a closing <laughs> remark. <laughs>
0: I, just, I, I, got some, leave.
2: I
1: got some reading to do.
0: Yeah, you do. <laughs> All, All right. right.
1: Said, you, women's wrongs, you say? I'll be Let's 600 go. pages deep tonight. Don't
2: tempt me.
0: Oh, hell's bells! Any closing thoughts, anyone?
2: It's a great book, and I can't wait to see you all back here next year for season two.
0: That's true; we will cover that.
2: Hell yeah! Mm -hmm.
0: All right, everyone. Without further ado, if you like our show and want to hear more from us throughout the week, please go follow our Twitter account at CMX Collective or our TikTok account at Comics Collective. Or you can find each of us at our personal accounts at Dallas underscore comics, at Ann Comics, and at Lexi Lou underscore comics.
1: And if you not only liked, but also enjoyed the show and want to show your support, please go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening and give us a five star review. We will read it off on the show. Listen, we got a a decent amount of one star reviews a while back when that person did the mean article about us. And now we are sitting at a (laughs) 4.7 and it makes me sad. All the time. Every time I look, it makes me sad. So go and flood us with some five-star reviews, folks. Give us some love. There are like a thousand of you that
2: listen to this every week now. Go and prove it. (laughs) And finally, if you have any questions or comments for us here at The Collective, please feel free to write in to thecomicscollective at gmail.com.
0: And we'll see y'all next week. For... For dun 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 Secret Santa!
2: Woo! Yeah, Anne, do you want to yeah. tell them the idea
1: you Absolutely.
2: had? Absolutely! So, I had an idea this year for what we could do to kind of close off the season. Technically, this is our, our season finale for the Comics Collector, but we have two special episodes coming at you very, very shortly. The first is going to be our Secret Santa episode. We are bringing special guest and friend of the show, basically part of the show, Evan Von Doomback, and all four of us Engaged in a little bit of present swapping. We all drew names on our Elfster apps, and each person on the show received a Secret Santa and had to send them a comic or graphic novel that they liked and that they thought that the person would like. Hmm? Sorry, Dallas was just moving. Had to make sure. And now we are going to each read those books. And we are going to talk about them in like a little book club format next week. And then we are going to try to guess who sent which book. And then we will have a little section at the end where we talk about why we sent the books we did. And, you know, just have some fun with it. So while I have you two here, Dallas, what book did your Secret Santa send you for next week? I
1: got sent Vagabond, which hits so hard because I'm in a huge samurai mood right now so the fact that I have like the most famous samurai comic book of all time in my hands to read is like the fates have aligned I am the main character I am so excited
2: I can't wait to hear what you think about it Lexi what book did you get sent?
0: I got sent Exterminators, which I flipped through some of those pages, and I saw Dazzler in there, and my f- my whole brain fuzzed over. So I'm extremely excited to go through that. I have no contact going in for it other than the fact that it's an ex- – okay. Ex- I received a note with mine that said, girls, 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 enjoy this comic, and I've <laughs> never laughed so hard in my entire life because that's all this is. is a girls, girls, girls comic, so I'm hyped. That's all I gotta say. It's the
1: it's the preeminent horny bimbo comic.
0: Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. hyped. Hell yeah.
2: <sighs> Excited to hear what you think about that. Does, do either of you remember what Evan
0: got? Uh, yes, he sent a picture in yes, sent- the group chat, I think. Let me look. Oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Um, Mimi's Tales of Terror by Junji Ito. Junji Ito. Oh yeah, Junji Ito. He sent a cute okay. little selfie with it look at him gem
2: wow evan is so handsome he
0: is what a little gem and
2: finally i got crimson flower by hey. matt kent and um matt less i'm gonna butcher this less new less new that sounds right i think that Yeah, And Colors by Bill Crabtree This was a book that I saw at New York Comic Con And I put on my my Elster wish list So I'm very excited to get digging into this The art look looks absolutely Fucking phenomenal So I'm very very excited For this week We will put all those books up on the Comics Collective Twitter in the days to come If any of you want to read along with us And if you want to hazard guesses At who sent us these books Please feel free to go ahead See if you know us better than we do and yeah, we're looking forward to seeing you next week. Last time we talked about comics this year, so it's going to be great.
1: Oh, I'm kind of excited for the break. Me anyway, too. Goodbye.
2: Bye, all.
0: <laughs> Bye.